0: The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 49 Elf Girl's Prison. Treya's eyes flashed with anger, seeing the slave girl there. Oh, Cold and naked upon the stone had fired something in her memories terrible memories and the goblin Marok was the embodiment of everything evil that she had suffered that no one should have to suffer ever again there was the fire and then suddenly she drew her sword purposefully, and she moved through the fray to reach him. One of his underlings tried to intercept, but she bested him effortlessly, putting him down and moving deeper into the fight. Marak, somehow sensing an attack, turned part way around to face her, and then came her sword. The elf girl clashed with Marok and slashed his face, and he howled. She had him now. He was pinned in between her and the hyena man. Murak swung his poleaxe. She pressed him closer to him as a way to nullify the advantage of his reach. She slashed with her sword, driving him back, cutting and slashing, though each time he carried her, Encountered her, and she fought harder, determined to force the weapon through his skull or his stomach or his heart. She saw her opportunity and she went for it. The blade struck his armor, and he avoided the hit entirely by spinning at the same time. She received a punch in the stomach His laughed, and Treya staggered backwards. As she raised her head to target him again, Barak finished his spin and forced the edge of his poleaxe into her armor where it pierced her left lung. Treya gasps then and drops her sword, reaching for Celeste, who is only just out of reach. No, she says, and she is breathing hard now and she falls. Already, Maruk is ignoring her, for she is as good as dead, and he turns his attention to Orson, the one who sworn to her. And the elven male runs in, screaming and attacking the goblin, and trying as he might to get to Treya. Everything is red. With the sounds of battle all around her, Treya curls up on the floor, instinctively protecting her midsection, and she allows her hand to go to her belly, where she lets her palm rest tentatively against it. Together then, she whispers. Together then, we escape this... our prison. Treya breathes her last, and then closes her eyes... forever. priestess of Sylvanas has been recovered, but at what cost? Our dear sister, Treya, the elf, has been cut down and killed by the goblins, slaughtered for seeking freedom, mercilessly murdered in defense of her tribe. Three weeks ago she made her escape. From the goblin kingdom, from slavery into the limitless dark halls. But in the end, she never truly did escape the horror or the violence of the Iron Realm. The Iron Realm Copyright A. Lenzo can be found online at the and at the Ironrealm.blogspot.com Treasure Room. Following the battle, those of the group scurry as they will trying to secure everything of use as quickly as they can before more creatures approach. Murak has a ring of keys which go to Stockholm and he uses it to free Celeste from the chain around her neck. Stockholm takes the collar and chain for his own inventory. Treya is stripped of her belongings and her hair is taken as well, ultimately distributed each of her friends is a remembrance, with the rest being saved for thread. Trey's gold diamond ear clip goes to Lilena. the emerald dragon brooch to Orson. Her spellbook goes to Orson as well, and her clothes and armor are given to Celeste. Mayzari chain, boots, leggings, and a cape. Celeste also possesses the green cloak, which once belonged to her daughter, Sira, And Treya's reader of magic scroll goes to Amazar, while her pouch of copper goes to Celeste. Her crossbow, longbow, sword, and polearm go into Lelena's care, for now. Meanwhile, of the various enemy weapons, Maruk's poleaxe goes to Orson, the goblin sword to Bardar daggers found go to Tamek, the sword to Bardar, the warhammer to Celeste, the black mace to Celeste, the Goblin spellbook to Amazar, and their enemies hide and leather armor, three times hide, four times leather, to Solus. Further, the group has acquired water. There are sixteen more water skins here, each full. And while the goblins cannot serve as food, the hyena men can, three days worth, provided the group agrees to drag their bodies along after them in maze. The Found spikes to the ceiling in a couple of other places, there are bladders filled with oil, one in the northern passage, one to the west, and each one is equivalent to ten Flasks of oil, these pass into Amazar's care. Each has a strap and can be worn over his shoulder. Celeste receives ten spikes and a hammer. While finally, she receives a backpack, coin purses, and a sack from Treya. Let's see if the hyena man had any treasure. Forty-one copper coins which go to Nim. Maruk's group would have had access to all the best. Let's see what they are carrying sixty copper coins to Nim. No silver? Electrum, 86 gold, I'll give it to Nim, no platinum, jewelry, there is none, and magic items, ah, one magic item is indicated, guess we might as well roll it. This is something special. The sword that was recovered earlier is a sword plus one, but it is plus three against the undead. But is it cursed? (laughs) I know the result. But for you, only time will tell. Let's distribute the bubble points. For the opening sequence of Chapter 47, 48, and 49, 150 for the Chapter 47 Real Roleplay Segment, 50 more, and 50 for the Nim Profile, 185 for the Goblin Hyena Confrontation, and 87 more for the Coin Acquired, which totals 522 level points. This value is split 16 ways. For Treon, though she died, must be included as a contributor to the fight, which looks like 32 level points each with 10 left over, which with bonuses leaves the totals as follows. Solus, 1275. Len, thirteen thirty five, Kalana, eleven forty two, Stockholm, sixteen ninety five, Temek, ten sixty nine, Amazar, fourteen sixty one, Iona, twenty one forty one, Kana, seventeen forty, Payola, twenty fifty, Bardar, sixteen twenty nine, Lilena, 582 Orson 1378 Nora 2512 Twyla 1659 And Nim 1232 As for Treya, she never quite made it to 1500 points With her final score resting at 1475 And as a nod to Celeste's involvement I am giving the extra 10 level points to her, leaving her total at 25,010. The battle was harsh, and the level point takings were meager, but the magic sword may prove to be a kingly finding indeed. Perhaps the group will discover the power it possesses at a later time. But for now, they care only for shelter, and so back to the maze with them we go. Behind the screen, Celeste has survived her. Capture by the goblins as well as the terrible battle that followed. She's going to join with the tribes now and I wanted to touch base about the mechanics of her character before we move on. As the maze master I find myself in an interesting position with Celeste. On the one hand, I believe it's unfair to include her in the group because Celeste is level six. She has 25,000 level points, which far surpasses anyone else in the group. Additionally, in the Iron Realm, the rules do stipulate that any new character has to begin the game at level 1. Such a power boost as this is sure to imbalance the game. And, since the Iron Realm is played as a continuing competition against the maze, the only win that has any real meaning is that achieved according to the rules. Yet, on the other hand, Celeste's character evolved organically, and the role-play itself did demand that she should have power greater than her daughters, whom she taught. She was introduced as a hook, as a part of the Unime story arc, and there was no guarantee at all that she would even survive her encounter with the goblins. And yet, threads formerly woven regarding the intention of the goblins and the determination of her daughters to rescue her ultimately coalesced into the outcome we have now. And so honestly... After everything that fair woman has been through, even your maze master doesn't have the heart to kill off her character or evoke the freedom so dearly earned. I'd also considered having the Unime and Celeste depart from the group once their reunion occurred, but this doesn't either make any sense. Why would they possibly leave the safety of friends? Why would a human priestess and her young daughters depart alone into the maze again? Into the dangers that lay there? What reason could there possibly be now that she and they have found their own kind again? Celeste will join the party. The story has taken on a life of its own, and the story now demands it. Of course, as the Maze Master, I do retain a duty to uphold the balance of the game, and so I do declare that Celeste has been stripped of all her divine power. I revoke it, on a technicality her use of a bladed weapon during the prior combat no spells at all and no ability to exile the undead the rest of her powers are not so easily taken and so they will remain for now starting from here let's generate the stats on the newest member Of the tribes, the human priestess known as Celeste. I've already declared her strength to be 16 and her dexterity to be 15. Let's move on to her constitution. That's an 8. Plus stat advancement through level 6. No advancement. It remains an 8. Charisma. Starts at a 10. Plus stat advancement. It has risen to an 11. Intelligence. 11. And 12. Finally, her wisdom. An 8. With stat advancement, still, it is an 8. Hmm. I don't think I'll allow her wisdom to stand. The only stat that I can lower is intelligence, so I'll do so. Intelligence, I'm lowering it from a twelve to a ten, in order to raise her wisdom to a nine. And so, the stats for Celeste, Priestess of Sylvanas, are as follows. Strength, sixteen. Dexterity, fifteen. Constitution, eight. Charisma, 11, Intelligence 10, Wisdom 9. Her life points, adjusted for constitution, are a max of 30. I'm going to stipulate at this point that she is skilled with the mace and the hammer, plus two other weapons, which I shall determine later. Her death saves are as follow. Against the first kind, plus 8. The second, plus 7. ...against the third kind, plus five, against the fourth kind, plus three, against the fifth kind, plus four. At her level, Celeste needs a 17 to hit, an armor value of zero. Although it is worth noting that she has a bonus of two in melee due to her 16 strength... ...and a bonus of one to missile attacks... Due to her 15 dexterity, with her deep life point reserve, and with hits equal or better to those of anyone else in the group, even with her loss of divine favor, Celeste is truly a strong and powerful ally to the group. Celeste, you've been through great evil. But you have come through it, and you have proven yourself worthy before your Maze Master. Priestess of Sylvanas, I now reunite you with your daughters. You've earned it. Welcome to the group. Tribal Matters, it is the 21st day of Primaris, location 3816, level Alpha 1, it is 11.20 AM, following a brutal battle with the goblins and the hyena men. Life points for the wounded, Celeste, negative 2 out of 30, Iona, 6 out of 8, Paola, 7 out of 8, Orson, 3 out of 6. Nora, 16 out of 18. Each of the Unime have healing available, whilst Amazar has already the spell called Door Denial and Orson, Ventriloquist. Trey of the Elf has been brutally slain, and Orson especially grieves uncontrollably for her when it is soon discovered that there is nothing that can be done for her. Lilena harvests her long blonde hair, while the rest of the group works quickly to salvage her belongings, as well as those held by their opponents. On the dead Maroc, Stockholm discovers a ring of keys and these he uses at once to free the chain from around Celeste's neck. Celeste's daughters are with her almost at once, Mm -hmm. and they use their healing power upon their mother, returning her mercifully to consciousness. Celeste sits up, shivering, and Stockholm at once... ...throws his green robe around her bare shoulders. We can't stay any longer, says Stockholm. Let's make for the crystal room, and regroup there. The group tends to visit once, and with the help of their warriors... ...the corpses of the hyena men are dragged into the crystal room too. The group goes to work at once on these, chopping them apart... For although stringy, this meat will sustain them in the coming days. The crystal in the crystal room is not lit, spinning silently in the air at the center of the room. But the work done is aided by the spell Kaylana cast earlier, Illumination. And this allows them significant time, which they need... To do the work. As for the goblin captives, they are released, weaponless and without armor, into the maze. Get going you curs, says Stockholm in their language. Your brothers betrayed us badly, but we don't need to compound their crime with more blood. So get out of here before I change my mind, and don't come back if you'd rather not see my axe. The goblin captives are soon away to the west in the maze. The group spends some time with Treya, with Orson especially, cradling her limp body, crying and kissing her upon the forehead. The others take some time to tell stories of her, including her fierce victories over the goblins and her determination in the face of impossible odds. After a time, and perhaps it is too short, some of the men take her body, ultimately returning it to the moss-lichen room, where Treya will find her final rest. From the maze you have come, says Solus, and to the maze you will return. There is little outside of it, as the hour approaches 1 p.m. Celeste has been returned to three life points total, having received four points of healing from her Unime daughters. Celeste has given unto her Treya's clothes, Treya's armor, some basic gear, and weapons. Her daughters are filled with great relief to have their mother back, and yet their feelings are not... Of joy only, for it seems it was necessary to trade two lives for hers, that of Treya the elf, and that of their own Syrah, youngest of the universe. Further, Celeste has no voice anymore. It has mysteriously left her. The others do not know the reason why, for an inspection of Celeste shows that her tongue and her other mouth parts are intact. But the group suspects it is the trauma she has suffered at the hands of the goblins compounded with the grief of discovering that her youngest has died. Celeste stays close to her daughters, and they comfort each other in the dark, but the group does not delay for long at the Crystal Room, for they know they are not safe here, and though Maruk is fallen, and though Celeste is rescued, there is no more time, they must push on. I'm going to say that the group shows an interest at the door located at 5 across, 11 down. This space was explored by Stockholm and his group previously, and there was a sound of some creature inside, but they had not the strength to explore it at the time. Yet now I think the group will press on towards that location in the dark led by Stockholm in hopes that they can reach it, in hopes that it will be their new base camp. Because the group is low on water, and because the group can't stay where they are, now is the time to attempt the trek. The group uses ropes as a guide to lead them through the dark. The marching order shall be as follows. In the front, Stockholm and Solas, followed by Temek and Kana. Behind them, Kaylana and Paola. Behind them, Iona and Twyla. Then Len and Celeste. Then Lena and Amazon. Then Nora and Nim. And last, Orson and Bardar. Kaylana and Amazar are poised to produce a light should the need arise, while if they are lucky, only Stockholm's vision and Orson's will be enough to lead them in the dark. Starting at 1pm, with a move of 30 feet, we begin the Roaming Creatures Challenges. By 3 o'clock, they are rounding the corner of room 7, the Goblin Refuse Pit. The stench in the hall is strong, and there are the sounds of angry creatures in the distance. But the group continues quietly, pressing on, pressing on. By 4 o'clock, they have entered the room of the Painted Totems. They steal inside, carefully closing the door behind them. And then they are through the secret door. And they move towards the northwestern section of the maze. At location 616, a roaming creature's check has come up. The encounter distance, 90 feet. From the front or the back? From the back, something has tailed them through the painted totem's room. Some listen checks for Orson and Lelena who are positioned best to hear anything. Ah, looks like both elves have noticed something. Time to consult the charts. There's a group of Moroths in the corridors. And the dice say only two. The elves call for light, I say, which Amazar produces, while Orson and Bardar are ready with weapons when the two small gray humanoids appear. The Moroths are bald and dressed in rags. Their mouths are tiny and lipless. While their eyes are huge and black, they shield their eyes from the light. While the tribes ask them what, they want. What? Barter tries the language Mannish. Hey, you! Barter says, holding up his weapon. Why are you tailing us? And what do you want? These creatures do speak Mannish, so the reaction check is only a negative one. Let's see what happens. perhaps unnerved by the light do not answer barter's question but instead draw their weapons and attack whatever they wanted before it's clear they only want blood now and if the tribe wants to survive they're going to have to be quicker than the dark threat that appears from nothing Come to me, for I, your Maze Master, have news. By the time you hear my words, the latest version of the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide shall be completed. Version 1.2, packed with new content Including the latest gaming aids, such as the Relic Write Up and the Maze Masters Challenge, complete with commentary and updated rules for all of you. I'm dropping a copy of version 1.2 into the Onyx Vault, but the ebooks on Drive Through RPG as well, with the premium hard copy soon to follow. The new Iron Realm, Solitaire Essentials, and Gaming Guide. Get it now, for your own collection. And the greatest power in the realm will be at your command. I have been your Maze Master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Realm! Good night, everyone.